0: Everyone and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about broken swords, suspicious pendants, and Dopey as a tree. How is he going to get to Storybrooke University now?
1: We'll never know. We'll never know.
0: Well, we do know, but off like in a throwaway line later. Yeah, it's- we do know, just not right now because right
1: now he he is a tree, a tree that eats tacos. A tree that eats tacos, but also, yeah, a throwaway line that because we never see it get fixed. It's just like, anyway, it's fine. The dad is Zorro.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing?
1: Beth, I'm wearing an I love pickles hat. I've never been better. Oh, yeah. You got that when we were in Cleveland. This is my new podcasting hat. I'm very excited. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I love pickles. I love podcasting. But, but
0: we're not going to podcast about pickles because I don't like pickles. I'm sorry, Abby. Yeah. I, I like
1: cornichons, but that's all I can do. i like to fancy. point out that Beth revealed the fact to me that she doesn't like pickles once we were already in Pickle Fest. <laughs> it's like, I'll buy you a ticket. Let's all go to Pickle Fest. She's like, I don't like pickles. I was like, oh, we'll get you lemonade. <laughs> no, I mean, I was fine. Fun- I mean, I had a I great know. time. I had a great time. <laughs> know it it just had that moment of me where it's just like someone takes me somewhere and I just go oh I can't eat here like I I get that vibe like it's just like a hey I'm gonna take you to a Panera I would love to join you I can't eat a damn thing here please don't feel bad I'm just happy to be involved like oh but I'm so excited to talk about this episode yeah this is season five episode two The Price
0: uh, it is the second episode, and so usually when we have the the follow-up to the season premiere, uh, things usually feel a little bit um, like luster, not a lot going on, which in this case, like, there's not a lot that happened. But I felt this was a really, for the most part, well-written episode. I really enjoyed it more than I expected.
1: I did, too. I do think, like, we were talking about at the end of the last episode about how... Um knowing what we know now versus when we first watched it, how it's going to color our reactions to it. And I feel like it's already starting because I didn't have the high hopes of, Oh, I'm going to guess what's happening and hope it's this, that, and the other thing. I just kind of know. And it's interesting to watch it on a, different level because again i've never rewatched these episodes since we did it the first time so yeah
0: that's and that's kind of what i'm enjoying about this journey as well it's like we don't this isn't something where we're speculating we already know the end game it's kind of like a little bit with house of the dragon like i know a lot of the main stuff that happens so i'm just along for the ride and just kind of seeing how it unfolds which i know is how a song of ice and fire fans were up to a certain point
1: to to be fair I think Ice and Fire, most of the stuff was known anyway because it's been so long. Like everyone knew the, like the Jon Snow stuff. Like apparently that's how those guys got the show. They knew the secret, but it's just like everyone knew the secret. Um, but yeah, <laughs> all, House of they Dragons all read an interesting. read the book that Oprah likes. Exactly. But House of Dragons, same, same way. Like I feel like this is just how book readers interact with media in general. Where it's like, listen, I know the major plot points, so nothing's gonna shock me. I'm just going to have opinions about the middle stuff that they've clearly changed. So this is interesting. This has been an interesting ride because I did like it overall. um, Minus maybe the Guardians of the galaxy moment and some, what I'm going to call whinier lines by Regina that I didn't care for. Yeah. So the, this episode was written by
0: Andrew Shambliss, who was an executive producer and uh, Dana Horgan, who's done a few things as well. And they're both very good. And overall, I really liked the dialogue that they created with a few exceptions that I'm going to call Whedonisms because Andrew Shambliss worked on uh, Dollhouse. He's worked on other like Whedon related projects. And there's definitely that Whedon like there's a one one time Emma says a line of like when she's talking to Regina, she's like, she's want to bottle up that rage. We can take it to go. I'm like, that's not something even Dark One Emma would say. It was very out of character. Uh, And the Guardians of the Galaxy moment. There's just a few things that don't, that feel out of place in this show. Like in another show, they'd be fine, but they just didn't work here. But then there's other things like when David teaches Regina to dance. I loved that.
1: So sweet.
0: Like that was, that's the character stuff we've been missing for a really long time. And we kind of took a real step back and just let them freaking go to a ball. And Regina's damage wasn't, like, super serious. It was, I never got to dance at a ball. Oh, my God, Regina. My heart
1: just broke in two. Let's heal the wounds. I, too, would be an evil queen if I kept being drugged to balls and never danced with. Uh, Because we already know she knows how to dance. So, you know she showed up looking like absolute fire. at Fireballs. Actual fireballs. Uh, and then no one wanted to dance with her, not even her husband. Boo. Boo hiss, tomato, tomato, this man. She should be dancing constantly.
0: Yeah, and a nice way to throw a little shade at Snow, just be like, um, he wanted to dance with you. Not creepy at all. Not although,
1: to, although, to be fair, I can imagine that that was not part of her, like, grooming process by Cora of how to become oh, yeah. a great, like, like the etiquette stuff. She, Akora taught mostly like the weird conniving stuff. Like, here's how you get what you want. Here's how you bend the ear of the right people. And here's like, that's what she's trying to teach. She never teaches the art of decorum. So oh, yeah, she no. obviously never taught her to dance.
0: Regina never learned the pianoforte. She didn't learn embroidery or Ugh. to paint a lovely uh, bowl of fruit. She didn't learn how to write a wonderful thank you letter and the appropriate time in which to send it. She didn't learn how to appropriately set a table. And uh, with one of my favorite notes from medieval history, uh, I'm just going to I'm going to tangent for a second because it's always fascinating. I learned fine. it in my British history class, uh, my British literature class. So, you know, there's a whole thing about not putting the knife facing outward. Uh-huh. Right. You're supposed to face it inward. You think it's so people don't cut themselves. Okay. And that may very well be true, but in like olden times, like there would be, you know, if 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 somebody traveled to your house, they'd stay there for a really long time if you're well-to-do because it took a long time to get there. And sometimes yeah. people overstayed their welcome. And the ladies of the house couldn't didn't really have any power and they couldn't like yell at you and get the F out of my house. So what they do is they turn the knife facing the wrong way as a not so subtle hint of you've overstayed your welcome. Get the F out of my house.
1: I, listen, I know it wasn't a great time for technology or lifespans or anything of that nature. Or rights. (laughs) Or rights. Yeah, rights. Just everything. It's a bad time for, like, everything. But I swear, that's why I love reading those books. Like, I think that's a part of why people got so invested in, like, royalty stuff, like, with the crown and stuff. Because they were obsessed with, like, some of the ye olden traditions of just, like none of this makes sense to us anymore as a culture because you just be like, get out of my house. But now it's just like, I have turned his knife outward. <laughs> He's never been so burned. <laughs> I am quite <laughs> the conniver. Amazing. Oh yes. Cause then everyone else would
0: see it at the table too, but you don't say anything. It's and just no like one, one of those. Hmm.
1: And then you're like in your chambers and you're like whispering with your, with your, betray- like your, your husband. You're just like, could you believe? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Squire, bring me more tea. I don't know how things work. Do the squires bring them tea? <laughs>
0: I, I don't, I mean, they don't bring him tea in Camelot. Um, to, um, rule, uh, red flag number one. No one gets brought tea. Regina gets brought a shady ass necklace from a guy yes. with magic uh, powers. Maybe? Uh, yeah.
1: Like I, I love the weird necklace because it was like, we've just, this is for the savior. Amazing. And she's like, oh my God, it's me. Because she'd just been having this like oddly, dark conversation with robin they're like standing there by a tree and they're just like i'm supposed to be the savior i can be the savior i was like i believe in literally anything i am your he's like the best cheerleader for her oh, he yeah. doesn't even know if she can or not he just believes and that's what your partner needs to do blindly believe in you no matter what um and so like she's just like i can't do this and then a, a, a handsome man shows up percival He's like, I have this beautiful necklace for the savior. She's like, Oh my goodness! Turns he puts it on her, and it's this big, like, if har- if the heart of the ocean had like a land cousin, like this, <laughs> this is this is the 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 spleen of the- it's just big and purple, and she's all excited. And then like we smash cut to to her being like, I can't go, I refuse, I can't, I don't want to do it. Because they're, be- so they're getting ready for this ball. Yeah, let, let's backtrack um, a little bit to the whole, like, savior switcheroo. Dee-dee. Yeah, so yeah. when they first get there, I think one of my favorite lines is, Snow is standing in this grand receiving ballroom. And they're like, welcome, I introduce you, my queen, Guinevere. And she shows up in this beautiful sparkling. She looks fantastic. This is this dress was made for her. It's just her skin now. Like, it's just part of her it's no right before this entrance happened just standing there in all of her mom clothes being like i'm not dressed for this this was i wore the wrong shoes this is my kroger outfit this is not my receiving to roll she's like i'm a queen damn it and i'm standing here in a coat what am i doing i'm holding a baby damn <laughs> uh and gwen guinevere arrives looking gorgeous and they're like we will throw you a ball it'll be amazing yes clap clap and, and, and Hook Hook is just no nonsense. He He's like, no, we don't
0: have time. We got to yeah. go find Merlin right now. Let's go. We got to get the search party. No, there's no need.
1: Yeah, you know where Merlin Listen, is. we have been waiting for you for a decade. We have time for a night of uh, hijinks. And they're like, oh, sorry. We should have been here sooner. Didn't know. Didn't get the memo. And they're basically saying that they were going to throw this ball for the savior and who amongst you is the savior? Who uh, will save us from the darkness? Which one? The evil? Who will forward? save Merlin from the tree? If you're the savior, take one step forward. Not so fast, Emma Swan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's Re- that's Regina like in her, her mind as she holds the dagger. Be like, yeah, Regina's like <laughs> reaching into her sensible pantsuit uh, blazer and like holding onto the, the dagger and just being like, no, don't you dare. She's like, it's me. I am the savior that I I save things. Yes, tis me. Bask in my awesomeness. She's so awkward about it. I love... What's funny about this is that Emma would not have received this kindly either. You know what I mean? Like, I've been like, mm-hmm. which one's the savior? Emma would just be like, it's me. I don't know what to tell you. Like, Regina's trying to make it... My biggest nitpick about this whole episode is that they're treating the savior like it was a title that was supposed to be, like this very haughty title that everyone should be reacting. It was like, Emma has been throwing that over her shoulder. Like, no, like, go to hell. I don't want to deal with this. And I was like, I'm the savior. What will they do? Ah. It's all very, it's a lot more dramatic than I I liked, I guess.
0: Yeah. I mean, the one caveat I will give it is that this, they know this from Merlin's prophecy and they've been like, they've been baking in this prophecy for 10 years like they've been they've been swimming in this this divine prophecy so while for emma it's just another day at the park oh savior is just a word that's thrown around for them it's like a big honking deal and then once we learn more about arthur's you know darker intentions and kind of his hold and a little bit like cultish mentality i i can understand why he would create this grandiose around merlin's prophecies to support him and support his
1: desires. That's fair. I'll give you that. So she steps forward. She's a savior. So the savior is then gifted a necklace. Um, well, in we private, then, this is
0: later on, like
1: no one's yeah. around because, because right. Arthur did not sanction this necklace.
0: This is, this is evil necklace.
1: Yes. So several things happen before uh, the cuteness starts, but basically she gets the necklace They've decided, hey, listen, we're going to save this dude from a tree. It's part... It's like our goals are aligned. They just have a different timeline. We just have to... We have to synergize. We we know... Like a lot of business talk is happening. They they need to adjust their KPIs, what they need to do. But they all have the same end goal. Get Merlin out of this damn tree. I forgot that he was in the tree. And it makes me laugh when I think about it. Because I remember how much I would expanse about the tree thing. Back when this person... I mean, He's in a tree. This poor man. <laughs> um... Uh- can we talk us about that scene between Regina and Emma real quick? Because I I I really liked it. It was a good scene, uh, mostly because I think they gave a lot more rules to the dagger without being like these are rules of the dagger. It was a uh, she held the dagger, so she was in charge. But now we have a little bit more understanding of like you don't have to hold it in front of you aloft shakily. That's what Belle always said. Belle <laughs> always held it and it would look like she was going to fall out of her hands. And she was just like, Dark One. No, I gotta stop talking to this accent. Uh, and she's like, Dark One, I command thee." And It's just like, apparently you can just hold it and tell her stuff. <laughs> and you can tell, tell her in your mind. Like, she yeah. wasn't even speaking out loud. It's like, if you hold the dagger, you just, like, command her with your thoughts and actions. So, like, she could just be standing there holding this dagger, just being like, Emma, declassify all these documents, and Emma would have to do it. So, this and is I. And joke. I also
0: like the, you know, the moments where like Regina says like, oh, you should be thanking me. And Emma Emily goes, thank you. And the way she said yeah. it's like so quick. And like those those weird things were like she's out of control and she doesn't know how to process it because she's so new at this. Like this is weird. You know, she is being puppeteered by somebody and does not care for her, considering she has so much power inside her and she is not supposed to use it. But others are using it. Against her.
1: Yeah, and you could tell that, like, what was nice is that you could tell Regina was also rejecting the thing that was happening. She was just like, I don't, I'm not Mm -hmm. cool with this. I don't like this. But you can also see, like, I feel like this is one of those, like, weird hazing rituals for the Dark One of just being like, this is why you learn to hate this dagger to your core. Because it will be like, hey, you can do anything you want unless someone has this dagger and you have zero control of anything. And they can do anything to you. Like, that's gotta be, like, talk about fear. You know what I mean? Like, as mm-hmm. long as I guess you have your dagger, you it's probably fine. Which is why Rumple was always just like, I am bulletproof. Which, I guess, it doesn't explain why he hid it from Belle. But, like, it's one of those things where I, I would think that your entire ind- identity of the Dark One comes with the other half of just mm-hmm. vehemently hating this this object. Mm-hmm. Not, and you have to keep track of it. It's one of those things. It's like you know how like when you drive to the store like by yourself, you're all your your kid is in the back of your head. You're just like, ah, he's somewhere. You know where he's at. You know, like he's safe. But you feel like you've kind of like left a body part at home. You're just like, I feel I should have a kid with me. same with a the dagger. They peripherally am, are always paying attention to the dagger, and they can never be free of that. Mm-hmm. That's a hell. Uh, that like that's the, that's the bad curse. It's a cur- it's a bad curse. Obviously, it's a you have all the power in the world, but you are tied to this stupid dagger. <laughs>
0: I him. mean, it's, you know, infinite cosmic power, itty-bitty living space. Like, itty-bitty
1: you know, living space. Yeah.
0: It, you know. So, yeah. So I liked the interplay between them. I I liked Emma's... I liked Emma's... Act, I like Jennifer, Jennifer Morrison's acting in this scene. Because she wasn't, like, overdoing it on one s- spectrum or the other. She was just kind of having a conversation with Regina while also kind of battling these weird feelings inside of her. And there were just some good performances in this episode. And I felt like the director who was uh, Romeo Tyrone. I don't really know how much he's done on Once Upon a Time. I feel like he
1: got some good performances in this episode. Yes. Um, I like, yeah, I like this whole scene. It was nice. It it gave a nice dynamic for the Regina Emma situation. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing is basically they need to not let like Regina has to be the savior because she has to be the one using magic. Because they cannot trust Emma using magic. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, she has all this power and she could probably do everything that's needed. But she doesn't, A, know how to control it. And B, like, no one wants her using this magic. Least of all, Emma. And so they, you know, Regina leaves still having the dagger. They have the discussion. That's the plan. She will be the savior. Um. So then, then that's when Regina's just like, I can't go. I won't. I can't do it. I can't dance. I never learned. It's... I never learned to dance had a very, like, I never learned to read moment where it was just, like, this very, like, <gasps> what? How did you, how have you kept this secret from us so long? It's just, like, at no point in the last four seasons was she ever needing to dance. So, like, not not learning to read. Well, I'm going to take that back. It's like learning somebody you know who's, like, in their mid-30s never learned to ride a bike. It has no effect on you personally because you aren't going bike riding. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. like, you're just like, oh, Interesting. Like I don't know. It's just one of those like strange things that I think to Snow specifically was just a looking at Regina in a different way.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. It was a bonding moment. And yes. Um. And then and then yeah. Like they're like. And then I love how David immediately steps in. He's just like, "All right, I'm gonna teach you. Let's do it." And Snow's Snow's there too. Like this. This was a genuine human connection moment. And considering the history of these characters and how how effortlessly they just went into this fun bonding moment, considering all the shit they've gone through. Like, just like, think about it. They were mortal enemies. The two of them were waging a war against the evil queen. Like now they're having a dance, a private dance
1: party. I love it. Ah, oh, I love, I, I love it. Cause it's also cute. And I'd like to point out that this is more fatherly than anything David has ever done. Ever <laughs> just like short of letting Regina like stand on his toes while he danced, like danced <laughs> for, like a little girl to anything Um but I I mean and just and not for nothing, Josh Dallas looked absolutely amazing in this episode. He did. He looked really it good. There was a couple there's a couple of times, like there's a there's a scene like towards the end of it when they're all at Granny's having their just like like we're done fighting evil for the day, let's all celebrate at Granny's. He's got the shirt on, it's like loose and kind of open, and he's got his arm out. He looks tan, like tanner than usual, and I was like, okay. <laughs> Go, yeah, go. Well, Good good for you, Josh Dallas. Um so anyway, they're teaching him to dance. Uh meanwhile, Creepo Creeperson, uh Percival, is watching through so he's watching through the necklace through like he's seeing what like the necklace is seeing so he's got this like very terrible vantage point of charming charming looks really great in this episode not from this angle though um yeah
0: but then but then the necklace
1: changes to like the
0: camera view like it's
1: yeah it it was very inconsistent like it wasn't a spy cam it was it was weird magic cam and they gave him also like that weird echoey thing and it also kind of sounded like they slowed up his voice a little bit so it made it sound like nefarious (laughs) I, i don't know why like they cut over and he's like don't worry don't worry, no one will know you're not the savior because we will teach you to dance. It's like, why did it sound so... First of all, why did you say that? Like, what a mm-hmm. weird stilted thing for David to say. Be like, don't worry, no one will notice that you're faking it. That you say in the presence of, like, these three people who just know. And so now Percival knows. Or I guess he knew probably ahead of time. He just wanted confirmation. Yeah. And then... I can't, I can't get through this scene without reminding everybody, uh, the absolute fire dress that she first picks. But <laughs> you can't learn to dance in a pantsuit. So she's like, fine. And she puts on this absolute banger evil queen dress. She looks so good in the in like her hair's back and slick and everything. And Snow's like, okay, how do I say this gently? Look less scary. <laughs> like look, <laughs> what'd she say? Look less evil queen because I think David says scary and she's like no 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 we're going to use positive words Evil your bo- your your boobies are hanging out it's too much booba <laughs> we got too much booba not a- and then she, like so she switches and to be fair I love the white dress this white dress is amazing I want to wear this white dress it's got this cool like off the shoulder number and like yeah she just looks great she looks great in every color amazing for her and that's what she learns to dance in. So does she and they're all showing up in these like ethereal white dresses. Oh yeah, like they they
0: went overkill with 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 Emma's like she has like the flower power. She looked beautiful, but Stunning. she had like flower flower crown and like this beautiful like nineteen sixties inspired thing. And I I liked it because knowing that like, she's like battling the darkness, I thought it was interesting. Uh, and then you've got freaking Henry in his little squire garb, showing
1: off his iPod Nano. And I'm sorry, and also Hook looking like he's fresh out of the hot topic. Holy cow! Oh yeah, he was. He went full tilt. Like he's just like hello. So it's like goth, goth boyfriend greeting his like ethereal, spiritual flower child girlfriend a lovely dynamic.
0: Oh yes, this is this was a opposites attract and are attractive.
1: And yes, they all do get to dance. And so let's not let's not uh, forget about Henry's game that revolves all the way around an iPod Nano. I was so worried it was going to be like a zoom. <laughs> like, I was like I forget what kind of idea that I'm like okay, good. It's a it's a thing we all re- it's not weird and dated. Like what were the ones where you could put the little cassette in and it would play like 90 seconds of a song?
0: Oh, you know I was what I'm talking about? about that. Yeah, I was talking about that with some recent. I don't remember what it's called, but I know exactly what you're
1: talking about. And something tells me they're going to make some weird nostalgia come back for no reason. Listen, they're always trying to find ways to put more plastic and stuff. And if anything was an absolute waste of plastic, it was those damn things. Why only part of the song in the worst quality possible? <laughs> Anyway, we just just if if you are Gen Z or Gen Alpha, just know we suffered for you. Yeah, we suffered for you, and when you see these, just go yes, yes. Abby and Beth warned us about this because
0: because it looks it looks cute and and kitschy to you. That was all we had. We had we had the flip like the flip camera. That was all we could do to shoot video. We couldn't even shoot video on our
1: phones. I love I love old phones. I still have my old LG Chocolate somewhere in this house. That was my favorite phone. Like oh, yeah, flipped. I've got
0: like my little phones somewhere around there too.
1: Um, anyway, millennial uh, <laughs> trek down memory road aside, as Snow and Charming are dancing, they look over and the entire interaction they see is just Henry looking at a girl. Just like Henry has made eye contact with a person of the female gender. And they're like, oh, it's his first crush. It's like, hey, I don't know if we should go with crush. Crush seems like a big. I mean, it's more likely just. I guess. Well, <laughs> they should be married in the fortnight. Uh, so... <laughs> no, no, I just mean like it's. will like... promenade around the room after painting.
0: I mean, it's it's like it's it's. I don't want to say anything crude, but it's just like he's a he's a young he's a young a young person. With those rising urges, they do not understand. He see he see pretty person. He he is he is attracted to. It doesn't mean it's a crush. It
1: just means he thinks she's hot. He's he's noticed her and went, hey, I like what I'm looking at. Like that. Yeah. do How do I process what's going on? So charming in full dad mode now because he taught someone to dance. He was just like she walk over there and tell her how cool and mysterious you are because you or go tell her you know hello your name is henry and i loved henry's response yeah that's the game that's the play my pickup line is hi i'm henry (laughs) come on like he'd been sitting there the whole time just being like hey it hurt (laughs) When you fell from heaven. <laughs> like, <laughs> no.
0: Don't do it. <laughs> no, instead his trick is, hey, want to listen to my music? No, Henry. No, no one wants to listen to your music.
1: No, I'm sorry. <laughs> the best part of the interaction. So he walks over there to talk to this, mm-hmm. this adorable young woman. <laughs> He's just, and it's a good awkward, I love a good awkward teen conversation. And they're just like, hey. And she's just like, hey. Oh, isn't this so cool? We have these, like, everyday background problems. So it's like, whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah. It's so, it's so lame. It's so lame. (laughs) He's just like, this is the coolest thing he's ever invented. She's like, so really, you like a knight? Like, are you like a hero? And he's like, better. I'm a writer. I was like, no. 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 It, it, I just I shouted. I was like walking up the stairs, like I had my headphones in. I was coming back up towards my phone, and I just heard it better. I'm a writer, I'm like no Henry. It's just like some girl going, "Oh my god, are you a barbarian?" Better, babe. I'm a bard. Like it's just like <laughs> it's a it's a real swing. And she's like, okay. So he shows her the iPod Nano or whatever it is, and and they play. I, what song is it? Uh, It is It's Only You by Yazoo. And I would like to point out that like his consistency, he like, you know, obviously because they paid for the song. So they're going to play it twice. But props for Henry for playing it for her twice. Like he plays it and then he plays it later when he meets her again. Yeah. For the first. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a consistency thing that I don't think I would have. I'm not going to lie to you. Because if someone was like, hey, what are you listening to on your Spotify? I would panic. And, like, be like, okay, what's going to make me look, like, not weird? Hmm. And I think I would change it based on who asked. (laughs) Like, just be like, I don't want you to think it's weird.
0: I mean, this is 100% a 2010 song a young person would put on for their potential partner to, like, seem cool. This is very Manic Pixie vibes where it's just, like, I don't listen to modern music. I, like, listen to the good stuff, the older music, and it just,
1: like, it's just better. Like, I don't know if you heard about The Strokes. <laughs> or the white stripes. <laughs> it's always those bands. They don't know anymore. It's just like it's just like Henry just be like, "Hey, have you listened to the Dead Kennedys? It's gonna blow your mind." Um, I mean, I don't want to like. T- I'm not talking shit about the song. I really like this. No, song. no, no. They're great. And and I like how
0: it becomes a dancing montage to this song, which is not something we see often on Once Upon a Time. We don't get these kind of interplays like that. Again, g- good writing, directorial choices in this. I thought it was really good. I would like to see
1: more of it, quite yeah, honestly. I like, don't think we do, but... No, we don't. But it did have that kind of same like feeling you get when they do the Bridgerton stuff. Where they're playing like current music, but like classically. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, it's still setting the mood, but it's something I recognize for here. So like, it's keeping you in that balance of what you're watching. I like this. This did have that good interplay of just being like, these are characters, but remember, they are of our world now. These are not enchanted force characters anymore. Like you're talking you're looking at full full-blown New Englanders. Like <laughs> here they are. Uh Regina or not Regina, Mary Margaret greeted a queen wearing an overcoat. So like, <laughs> these are these are New Englanders.
0: Anyway. and it's always it's always interesting seeing them like going back into that old school like m- you know, fantasy world like they are in Camelot because they they feel at home but also not at home. It's like they're they both fit in and are out of place at the same time.
1: It's like going home for Thanksgiving. It's familiar, but yeah. you've changed. Oh, that's, that's, that's a good, that's good. That's it's, a good analogy. Mm-hmm. It's fitting. So.
0: Oh, and, and, oh, and, and I'm sorry. I have to point out Belle with her stupid Oh my God. Scarf. She, she fully showed up with that? it's so big leave it with Doc he can watch it the baby's probably
1: asleep by now Doc I need you to watch all the petals fall off please why did she did she get announced because could you imagine like Lady Belle and she's standing there with a freaking glassware that's glowing La- Lady Belle and her companion a ajar <laughs> it's just she's that girl that you took clubbing and she, that she just sits at the thing just looking through her phone why won't he text me Why isn't he texting
0: me? Oh, my God,
1: Abby. She's the bell jar. (laughs) Please. Please don't take my silence. Please don't misunderstand my silence. The laugh just lived in my chest for a second. I. I. That's simultaneously so amazing and just it rocked me that rocked me for a second that unlocked a part of my brain uh, the bell jar because I went through that phase by the way uh, but yeah it was definitely one of those because oh, you're right she's the bell jar oh, not the bell jar and then like grumpy okay listen we talked about it last episode I hope I don't keep talking about it for the rest of the season why did we give grumpy every line he talks so much and it doesn't seem like a lot of stuff that's supposed to be happening is supposed to be happening.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I did like this scene with Belle. I I like that, you know, like I like his empathy and I like he, him asking her to dance and like or she asked him to dance, like just get get her away from the damn jar. Um, I, I thought that was nice, like Leroy showing a little bit of compassion and empathy, which is something he doesn't do very often. Now, all the other times where he's just screaming at people and being like, Dopey, sacrifice yourself. Yeah. Maybe not as good.
1: I did like this, though. To be fair, he was also channeling his original self. This was a very dreamy moment. Bell was it like, was. this is a very glass ha- half-empty moment. And he was like, I think it's a petals half-on situation. So, like, that's nice. He's still, well, yeah. he's he's that self, too. He, And that's nice. I agree. I just, this whole scene was just terrible because it just, I could not get through the scene without just being like, how did she get it here? Why? Why did she bring it? Why couldn't it have been anything else? Why couldn't it have been literally so much smaller? <laughs> like in a thing that she could look at. I get what they're going for for the movie imagery thing, but it's so cumbersome. There's a reason it was sitting in a room in the movies. You don't carry it. Yeah, the
0: beast had the mirror to carry around. He didn't have the bell jar to carry around. <laughs> the bell jar. All right. All right. Oh. And now, and now, and now Percival comes and asks the lady, the lady savior. Oh for a dance and that's when the shitteth hitteth the faneth
1: oh yes he's like let's go for a dance let me unload my trauma on you so anyway one time i was a, there was a little boy and he was in a village and that village was burned down by an evil lady and then the evil lady saw him and smiled at him she's like "Hmm, you were the little boy and, she's like, and you were the evil queen and <laughs> he's like he's, he's like, like
0: excuse me excuse me for a moment i i, I am auditioning for shakespeare at, uh, across town and I'm gonna sneak it into my lines here. In my talks with the no, cookies
1: was school. a boy. Uh, <laughs> I do like that she lets him get through the whole story. No, no, because I like, mm. I just wish she would have just been like, is could this story be any longer? Please tell me more. I would like to know the structures of the homes. Uh, just to kind of deflect it. But then he's like, yes, but don't... You know, the little boy's finally like... I don't remember what weird line he says before he pulls a sword out and ruins the ball. Because isn't that how uh, middle school dances always go? Someone gets in a fight on the floor and they break it all up. And then someone's crying in the bathroom because their boyfriend's dead. Um, it, Robin goes to save them, goes to save Regina. Swords get drawn. It's chaos. And Robin gets stabbed with the sword Percival is carrying.
0: Yes, and then David stabbeth Percival. And I'm assuming Percival, I believe he also dies. Percival, Percival dies. So, so David commits another murder.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, I like this. King Arthur does not blame them for Percival's death. Okay, but we had literally a whole season about killing people. We don't know. They literally have no idea why he's attacking Regina. And again, like, I get it. We all know that Regina has had her, like, her redemption. But if you're a little boy who watched his entire town burn and the woman who did it smiled at you, that is a trauma that no amount of therapy is going to get rid of. And when you are suddenly faced with that woman, knowing that she's lying about who she was, I- Charming would have reacted the same way. You know what I mean? Like this is the mm-hmm. witch that burned my family. I I must kill her now in front of everyone. Like
0: no, no, but but you don't understand. His sword was cursed, so that he couldn't actually kill anyone with the sword. Oh God! So so if only they had gone on a side quest to find that information out, then they then they could have told David, and then he wouldn't have <laughs> killed Percival and put himself on the path
1: of becoming the next Dark One. It's a cycle. Yes, cycle uh so yes so robin is down and so then they they get him to another room and then there's just this like very chaotic pulp fiction conversation of just who will save him i won't save him you can't use your dark magic i'll use my magic it's fine and like regina is just screaming at her just like save him and then emma has her like moment of talking to the rumple in her brain the dark one curse in her brain and he's just like i mean you could save him But you're going to have to pay the price. And Emma, ever the savior, is just like, I'll pay the price. He's like, no, 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 that's not how it works. She asked for it. She has to pay it. And then Emma, because Emma believes that no rule applies to her, is just like, screw this. And brings Robin back with no, no other thought as to what this price might be, how Regina will need to pay it. Or what she has done to Regina in order to make this happen. Or were done to anybody to make this happen. I thought that... Uh, So, he. Was he dead? Or was he, like, near death? Because I thought that Badgett could not bring back the dead. He... I think that he was nearing death. Like, it was a... He was stabbed. And and so she couldn't fix him because the sword was cursed to kill her. So her magic would not work on him Mm. because... You know what? How bad would that be? You stabbed a witch, and then she heals herself with her own magic. I mean, damn! How so did he, he get that? Head. How did he get that on his sword, though? I wonder if he's just had it for a long time. Like any moment, I will face the witch. Let's I must have sword. it on it.
0: But how did he get
1: it in the first place? I I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, he found it. <laughs> he found it somewhere. That he was walking down the street and he saw some guy with a exclamation point above his head, and he was like, "What's going on?" He's like, "I need twenty bats." He's like, I'll get you twenty bats, and then fifteen quests later, he had the enchanted sword that will kill his most mortal enemy.
0: <laughs> you know that that's I I dig it. That's that's cat's canon now.
1: Canon. He killed a bunch of bats, so and now he's dead. Don't kill bats, guys. So <laughs> they're good for the environment. So she saves Robin, and <laughs> like that. Hook is usually like the biggest proponent of this. He's just like, you cannot do this. You can't do it. You don't use it. It will take you over And Like again, Emma listens to no one, so she's definitely not looking listening to Hook either. So anyway, we, we've saved him. Hooray! But and it starts to
0: take its toll on her. Her she, skin starts to get a little sparkly.
1: He's turning into a vampire. <laughs> uh so, but as she's walking, the the dark one curse is talking to her, and he's like, You liked it. You enjoyed that. And it's like, of course, I mean, saving someone's life. Of course she liked that. She'd be like, I've saved him. Like I have unlimited power. I can do anything. That would be a cool feeling. I could see how easy it would be to be tempted by something like that. It's a very powerful magic, Uh, but it also makes her tired. She's like, I'm so sorry, I'm sleepy. But I think she's just hiding her skin. I just like the idea that it's just like, I've saved a life. I must lay down. (laughs) I must rest And, uh,
0: and not sleep. And then we head back to Storybrooke six weeks later in present day. Uh, Emma fully embracing her, her, her true self as, as the dark one living her best life has brought everyone back to Storybrooke with no memory of what transpired in the past six weeks. So the, uh, of course the first choice after, you know, one of the dwarves was frozen into stone is they're going to get the heck out of Dodge. They're they're Bolton. They're gonna cross that town line. Damn be the consequences. Now, Grumpy isn't stupid, but he's stupid in this scene. Like he he knows better. He's the guy who always knows a curse is coming because he's got to tell everybody else about it. But he's like, we're gonna cross that town line, sister. You know ain't one's gonna stop us, dopey. You're a guinea pig, cause cause you don't cause, cause you don't use verbal communication.
1: I'm gonna take advantage of that because I'm a horrible person. It's a monster thing to do. You you don't volunteer someone to risk their life like that. This is not no no. This is not how it works. And he wrote it down. That counts. That is a form of speech. How dare you? Yeah,
0: he wrote it down fast too. Grumpy is the one who go. I'm technically he didn't say it. But anyway, uh, Dopey steps over the town line and oh no, he turns into a tree in the middle of the street. I'd like to.
1: I'd like to point out that the gag of them constantly carrying their statue, f- their statue brother is probably my favorite gag of the whole episode. And then he like gets reanimated at the end, kind of as an afterthought. I just like that anytime you see the dwarves, they're carrying him as his, l- they had him strapped to the top of the, they did the, 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 the Jeep, they bring him into the diner. I think you see them carrying him around town. Like, <laughs> Uh, I just like this gag. No, yeah. Um, They like literally carry him into grannies at one point. I just like the idea that they're also like feeding him or talking to him. Like he's a coma patient. Just being like, what do you think? Yeah, we agree. (laughs) Yeah. How's that spaghetti? (laughs) Oh yeah. We can send it back. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Yeah. And one other note, because we see
0: snow charming and Regina show up because they're trying to stop uh, the dwarves from, from leaving town. And they're all in their outfits that they wore when they left in the first place, which made no sense to me because they came back in medieval garments. Their clothes that they transport that they were, you know, they came in on a cyclone. Those clothes should presumably be all the way back in Camelot because they got changed. How are they back in the clothes like from that night? Like I felt like. They just wore the same outfits from filming. Like they were just, they filmed the next day and they didn't change their outfits. And I, I feel like it's just kind of a messed up.
1: Uh, Beth, this, that's the actual mystery of the season. How did they get these clothes back? It's, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but episode seven is completely about this. Oh, it is? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, okay. It's the entire arc of getting the clothes and getting them back in granny's And who, how are we going to dry clean these? And why did you bring this? Yeah, it's a real riveting episode. Um, Yeah, Um, but he turned into a
0: tree. He does. So now they know the latest curse that is trapping him inside Sturbert because there's always got to be a curse. The town line. Not a good place. Meanwhile, Hook uh, heads over to see Belle who is is just chilling inside um, Gold's shop, just waiting for him to die. And uh, they have admittedly a nice slash uncomfortable scene together because I did like what bell was saying but i also hated what bell was saying because they're having this moment of bonding hook wants to bring emma back from being a dark one and she's just like look i tried the the kiss worked for a second and then he chose to reject it and it won't work anymore if she doesn't want to be if she doesn't want true love's kiss to bring her back it's not going to bring her back
1: and yeah hmm? I was going to say, I agree with you about that wholeheartedly because I think if Belle and Rumple's love story had been literally anything else, this would have been a lot better of a speech. Mm-hmm. But like if we isolate it just by itself, very cool, very powerful because I really like the line of like, you've spent this whole time hating him. You've hated the dark one. It's a lot different to love one. And I like that. I think that that's an interesting dynamic of just because Hook says it. He's like, "Listen, I've spent thousands of years basically hunting the Dark One. I can do it again." And she's like, "It's it's in a it's in a body of a pretty lady that you like. Like it's it's gonna be mm-hmm. different. It's somebody that you love. It's it's harder." But Belle also didn't know Rumple before, so like she was seeing something. That wasn't there before. Um, <laughs> sorry, but she was. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. So I think it would be more powerful if their love story had not been as meh as it was. I guess.
0: Yeah. I still and, liked it. And as imbalanced as it was, like their 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 power dynamic, he had all the power, yeah. just in every way. But it wasn't represented in that in in a way that was justified in the end. I, I don't know how to explain it, but we've, we've, we've dug that hole. We've just, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've dug in that hole for a we, we don't need to linger on it.
1: But Hook learned nothing from this interaction.
0: No, he did not. I mean, he doesn't learn <laughs> anything from anything. It's, it's, it's almost like something's wrong with him. Huh. Mm, huh.
1: Strange. We it's I bet cool. we find that out after the laundry episode. So Yes. Oh, or during the laundry episode. It, it's, it's actually the laundry thing. His It's the his. laundry. Yes. His briefs are too tight from the, the dry cleaner that they used. It's really making circulation. it crinky. It's making it cranky. <laughs>
0: Uh And we do get a couple scenes uh, with Emma as her dark one oneself. Uh, she talks to Henry and is trying to tell him, like, look, no, you aren't the one who screwed things up. It's everyone else. Uh, she tries to seduce Hook at one point, and he tries to use the kiss of true love on her. It does not work. Um, and then there's a couple scenes with her and Regina because she tells Regina, like, you screwed up. You failed me. You're part of this whole thing that t- turned me to the path of darkness. Uh, guess what it is? Is You made me use my dark one powers and I didn't want to. Um, and I liked, I liked these interplays. Dear God, the mask on her hair. Like, you can see her natural hair. Like, she's not wearing a wig, I don't think. I think they just painted her hair. And then added, like, an extra bun thing on the back. Because you can see her roots are, like, her normal blonde color.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a wig. I do think that they, like, did a Spirit Halloween, like, spray can on her. Which, it just doesn't translate. Because it's not shiny. The dark one would have shiny hair, I think. I think I talked about this last episode. Um, but I, int- I saw a clip of Matt Smith. And he, they were asking him, like, what it felt like the first time you put on the, you know, his blonde lace front for House of the Dragon. And uh, I forget who he was, he was doing the interview with, but the guy was just like, oh, no, I had a great time. I was pretending I was in a rock band. I was having a great time. And Matt Smith was just like, I looked at myself in the mirror and thought, how am I going to act through this? How am I going to act out of this wig? And I, 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 I didn't quite understand it. I guess I I did, but I didn't. I understand it with Emma. I don't think she's acting through what's happening on her head. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm I, I think that's where the disconnect for me is happening. Because a character is happening that does not match what the character I'm seeing.
0: Yeah. No, I think you're a hundred percent right. It's it's they're they're using the hair because normally her hair is down, it's loose, this represents her her like her personality, putting it back is her ultimate putting up walls. She has put all these walls around herself, like her whole identity as the dark one, as we find out in this season, is essentially to protect everyone and protect the people that she loves. So she has put this huge wall down. So that's why she has a giant wall of black of white paint on her head. But it just looks so bad. And the cl- the more time we spend with it, the closer the camera is on her face. That's all you can see. And they, like, put a little bit of, like, white eyeshadow, like,
1: on her eyebrows. It's just, it's bad. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. So, but you're right. Like, some of the lines she has. I like kind of the character work that she's doing to kind of be dark. Like, this is, like, the kind of whatever. But it's just, it does also just hit differently. And this, Rumple had the same problem. Doing this in broad damn daylight with a bunch of people in regular clothes. It, mm-hmm. It it just feels like you've gone to the Renaissance fair and you didn't dress up and someone's taunting you and you're just like, "Ah, stop it. I just need a text. I don't need you to talk about it. Just hold on." <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to organize
0: where we're going to meet for lunch. Give me a minute.
1: Yeah. My They're over said-
0: riding some ponies. <laughs> I can't find my friends. They're throwing axes
1: somewhere, but there's like 14 places where you can throw axes. Help me find my friends. I keep asking where the 10th Doctor is, but they're all dressed up as, everyone's dressed up as the 10th Doctor for some reason.
0: <laughs> oh my God. I just realized something, just total non-tangent, total tangent. Um, what? Someday, not too long from now, we are going to see someone dress up as a hybrid of Matt Smith the Doctor and Damon Targaryen. And I don't know how it's going to look,
1: but Beth, they're going to do it. Beth, if you come up here next summer for the Ohio Ren Fest, it's a it's an absolute party. I will 100 percent do that. <gasps> I have a fez, Beth. I have a bow tie. I have the outfit. I'm ready. To and go. you have you have the hair. I have the hair. I'm ready to go. Like I will go sit down and get my and pay. My stylist will kill me, but I will go full platinum card. I won't even need to get a wig. I will just go full platinum again just to do this. Because I'm all about, I will go. I will commit so hard to a bit, it will be so expensive, and for one day, I'm in. I'm 100% in. Alright, I'm, ho- I'm holding you to that. And then you will be dressed up as Cruella DeVille. We will party.
0: Yes! Oh, I still need to make that costume. I haven't done it yet.
1: I'm Coming 2023.
0: I want to make Once Upon a Time Cruella DeVille as a Ren Faire character. That's... That's my dream and We're my gonna goal. We're going to
1: be the most confusing people there.
0: Oh <laughs> like, God. I don't
1: understand what's happening. We're oh, what are you, not what, a you guys, what are you
0: guys doing? We're killing it. Excuse me. Goodbye. How dare you? All right. <laughs> and, and yeah, so, so the whole time Emma is, like, taunting Regina, being like, you aren't a savior. You lied and pretended to be the savior. Uh, but now you're going to have to do, you're going to fail because I'm giving you a challenge that only a savior can fulfill. And you're not going to do it. Uh, and that whole challenge is a fury. A fury. They spent. They spent all their special effects money on that. On that troll, guys. On the ogre. It's gone. We have to wait for more money. So this is what we have: a weird flying tree thing that
1: looks terrible. I. I didn't hate it. No, I didn't um, hate it. It just does not look I know. good. I know. I know. And just again, as if the part of. I have an entire Matt Smith 11th Doctor cosplay at the ready. Didn't lead to, I'm kind of okay. I like what they tried to do, but I think they tried to do too much and then couldn't finesse it. You know what I mean? They're asking for a lot of pixels, a lot of JPEG. Yeah, it's it's kind of a mix of like
0: a weird tree creature, uh, a Dementor. And then Guardians of the Galaxy, as we'll get to in a moment. There's there's some there's some there's some fun fantasy uh, mishmash that's happening here. So, yes, the Fury comes into town and it absconds with Robin because a price must be paid. A life has to be taken. A life for a life, in which case it's Robins for Robins, I guess, because. OK, and he's going to be taken to the underworld. Hey, was hey. this is this when we first started talking about, right? Like, oh, are we going to go to the underworld later? Because they're
1: talking about it. I think it. I think the part that it was like they talked about the underworld. They mentioned the Furies, and the Furies is like a really big thing for me. I love the Furies, and like a lot of my screen names are uh, related to that, related mm-hmm. to similar things uh, with that mythology. And there was a man on a boat situation. Like you see, we see the man in the fog and the on the lake, and I think that was just you and I being like, oh my god, do you think they would do that? Oh no, they couldn't possibly. They possibly. They possibly. They
0: they, they they possibly doesn't mean it was a, a good possibly which well that will happen we'll get there we'll, we'll get, get there. there we'll get there guys it's gonna be great it's it's gonna be sapia and there's gonna be uh, smokestacks <laughs> that's hell <laughs> hell is sapia smokestacks okay. So, yeah, so the Fury uh, takes Robin over to the lake where he, the uh, the boatman is showing up. He's going to ferry him to the underworld. The Fury starts dementoring his soul out of his body. And uh, Regina, who the whole episode has been having this existential crisis of nobody believes I can be a good person. Nobody believes I can be a savior, but I'm going to prove them all wrong. I'm going to do it by fighting, which, Regina, that's not really what the goal is you could already fight you did a lot you burned a man's village to the ground
1: (laughs) you did spare a child though so i guess that means there's a good, good spark and and you're right like she just needs to be but i think to be fair like that was the emma the savior emma as the original like version of the savior was very like like i have to fight everything she was constantly fighting everybody all the time so i think it's like a a teenage angst phase being the savior Yeah, it's like Um, early,
0: early dark one. You know, she's learning the rules. Early savior, you gotta learn the rules. Gotta learn the rules. Gotta go through, gotta go through the...
1: Could you imagine if it was just like she had like a projection of Emma in her brain being like, hi, I'm not... It's not me really, Emma. It's just the the spirit of the savior talking to you and just like annoying the shit out of her for like days. Oh no, that... But imagine all the fanfic that would come out of that. I'm sure a fanfic of that already exists in some iteration. Um... I don't even oh, know how to yes. search for that. Oh my god, fanfiction.net might be or is already dead. <gasps> Seriously? My heart is, my ha- my heart is breaking. What happened? I don't. I think they just ran out of money. <laughs> oh no!
0: I'm gonna look it up right now
1: while while we yes, talk about please, Guardians of the please. Galaxy. Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, so so Regina shows up and says, "Do not take my love. Take me instead." And and then she starts getting demented out. And then, yes, and then one by one, uh, the other, Snow, uh, Charming, uh, Dopey, uh, sorry, no, sorry, not Dopey, uh, Grumpy, and Arthur. <laughs> Arthur joins in the fray, which I don't think he would do, knowing what we know about him later. This does not seem like something he would actually participate in. But they all like link arms, and they absorb the Fury's uh, Dementor-sucking skills to the point where the Fury's like, Oh, I'm just
1: tired. Ugh. Got, to go Ugh. To get, got to go. Got to go. Got to Have some oranges. Too many souls. I couldn't possibly watching my figure. <laughs> <laughs> and the fury takes off. The uh the
0: boatman uh, goes back whence he came. The, the the special effect just goes backwards, and that's how it goes away. I do find it. There's a funny note where when we actually get the underworld later uh, at the end of the season. Yeah. They they reuse this
1: shot. <laughs> Because why not?
0: Yeah, I mean you already did it. You're you're
1: good. You're fine. Why 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 bother? So you got an I, update. So apparently it's not for sure. Like there's not like a date, but it is heavily speculated. Oh, for reasons that I can't read. Yeah, I know. I just heart heartbreaking. Anyway,
0: hoping well, a benefactor comes in and saves it from doom. It's fan oh, fiction, guys. See, that's why
1: that's why Ao3 is also really good because they also. You know they protect the rights. They're the, they fight for the user. We like yeah, hey, okay, like that. So. And
0: then there, and then there's Wattpad that turns them into weird movies on Netflix.
1: Oh boy, I could my opinions about fanfic sites. I could talk for hours.
0: Anyway, <laughs> anyway. So
1: Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes.
0: Yeah, so they Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy it. Uh, which is fitting because they are fighting a tree. We are Groot. You are Groot. We fight Groot. We Keep are Groot's all ass and- Groot. Yeah, we are all getting, uh, gr- sucking out our souls and losing. So Fury leaves, day is saved, Robin is fine, and apparently this is good, and she- Regina truly is a savior, and everyone's like, all right, you can be mayor again, you're cool, we like you now. They head to Granny's to celebrate, like you said, Josh Dallas looking primo in this episode, but Mary Margaret is looking a little, uh, a little worried, because her daughter is, just- is she gonna come back? Can, the, can she be, can she be saved? Can I,
1: think I think she's also kind of mad about the weird, small, but tall Pepsis that they received. <laughs> what were these cups? I was Sorry. so mad about them. I'm like, could you imagine being presented this? Here is your, it looks like a vial. It's like, where did you get these cups? Sorry. They're little like little beakers for like science experiments. They're like, just like, they're just like real tall and long. They look like they're like, they're just, they're very impractical. And also not a diner. Like a diner would give you like a trough you know what i mean like here is a absolute bucket of, of, yeah. of soda and free refills unlimited with your lasagna purchase
0: and then henry introduces himself to violet yet again because as i forgot to mention not only are our heroes back in storybrook they've also brought a lot of people from camelot are all in the woods they now have a camp set up in the woods and that includes Arthur, includes Guinevere. We see some kind of shady stuff between Guinevere and Arthur at some point, showing something else is going on there. Uh, Guinevere does not trust our
1: heroes. Um, but as we learn, we shouldn't trust Arthur. So <laughs> Well, also because he's super antsy. His sword is missing.
0: His sword is missing his broken sword that he needs to fix with the dagger. And guess who's got both?
1: Dun,
0: dun, dun. it's Emma she's got it downstairs in her her little secret room that that hook noticed at one point and uh rumple is in her head um saying a saying a little a little um a little monologue it's gonna a little montage-a-log. Mo- not, montage-a-log.
1: montage log. that's montage a is, log
0: is that a thing like a, a monologue with a montage
1: I think it should be coin it I'm going to point it. We got That's it. That's my thing now.
0: Because, yeah, because, yeah, he's he's spouting, he's waxing poetic about the nature of people, the nature of dark ones, and how dark ones will always be tempted by the good things in life. But if you succeed in bringing the sword back together, then all your problems will be solved. But she can't pull it out of the stone. She's not pure of heart. Where's her? She, I wonder if her son... Is the heart of the truest believer, and is the author, and is better than a knight. I wonder if he's going to play into this.
1: Hmm. He pulls it out. It turns into a giant pen. It's like I'm a writer. <laughs> the, the the pen is mightier than the sword. I will fight you with this fountain pen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and there you go. That is the episode. Uh, Rumble has told Emma in order. To get what you want, there's going to be a price to pay, and someone's going to
1: pay dearly. dun, dun, dun. That that last, his last words are the title of the episode, which I find fun and cheesy. Oh, they have to pay. It's, the price. The price. It's like, oh, he said it. Beep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and, yeah, so that was uh, the price. Uh, so overall, like I said, better episode than I expected it to be. Better episode than the second episode of a season honestly from what we've gotten so far is any right to be <laughs> um and i i dig it i'm i'm cur- like what are your thoughts about dark emma so far
1: uh so i am kind of digging the whole thing like i know now that it's kind of like a mystery as to what happened and they kind of they obviously play at this this whole thing of just being like now you know what the mystery was but like it's not been solved. I've I like the cutting back and forth with like this is what happened in this. I think they were going too fast a couple of the times like uh-huh. they were switching back and forth a little bit too fast. And other than like the fact that I think that Emmy Emma's dark one is a little cheesy. I like it. Like I mean, I'm not going to rat on the hair anymore, but it's just like I think that they <laughs> I think that there could have been more to go from there, but I I for what it is, I like it so far. It's not yeah. bad. No, I'm
0: I'm liking it too. I think it could be better, but I think it could be a lot worse. It's and and you can tell that Jennifer Morrison's having fun with it. Like oh, she's having she's a, having good a blast. time. Yeah. And you can't really falter for that. Like if she's having a good time, we're having a
1: good time. Listen, and at this point we're we've got the we're, we're doing the thing i've noticed lately by the way just small tangent is that like game of thrones clips have been showing up and there are a lot of like the later season clips and it's a lot of like wasn't this scene so cool and wasn't this so awesome and aren't these characters amazing and i'm like what's happening with this weird revisionist history of game of thrones like these seasons sucked like what are we we cannot go back and romanticize them but maybe it's the nostalgia factor we're all finally healed and looking back at them Maybe that's what we're going through. We're we're going back. We're getting a little bit of nostalgia and we're like, "You know what? It's fine." I literally saw someone on TikTok getting nostalgic over the dragon
0: burning the Iron Throne. Okay, step too far. Step
1: too far. I know. I Ugh. was
0: I was livid. I'm like, "No." So We're not, my, that's not allowed.
1: One of my favorite tweets about the end of Game of Thrones was just like, was just, you know, it's like, I'm so glad that that dragon understood the symbol that his mom was fighting for and seeing her dead. He then burned it and then flew away from it. I'm so, sure, oh, I'm so glad that that dragon understood all of that. <laughs> it was extra as hell about it. Oh. <laughs> uh, Well,
0: everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. We want to thank our patrons, especially our Swan Queen-level patrons, for your continued love and support. This week's Patreon-level shout-out goes to Lisa Slack. Lisa, thank you so much. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you head to patreon.com slash OUA Timing. You can subscribe, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get those lovely podcasts. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA Timing. You can find us on Twitter. I am at Beth Elderkin.
1: I am at just underscore Abby.
0: And we're going to be back next week. Oh, no. For season five, episode three, Siege Perilous.
1: Oh, no.
0: (laughs) Beth. It's the moment. Our dreams are coming true.
1: It's I happening, Abby. It's happening. I have an idea. I have an idea that I'm going to try to execute uh, for, for for a TikTok. And I was like, I'll do it when the episode drops. I guess now I have a week to make it. I'll explain it to you offline. But oh, right. Well, I will look forward to that. And Abby, I will look forward to seeing you next week. See you next week, Beth.